Listen, it really seemed tonight like the Guardians didn't actually want to win this game. They tried to give it away multiple times. Uh, there is so much to get into with all the things that went wrong. But at the end of the day, they won. They pulled out a win in a game that they absolutely should have won and continue the hot streak of play. We're going to get into today's game. Talk a little bit about Colorado in general on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. You are Locked on Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Sorry about that. Uh, MLB had an autoplay video. I realized that uh, I had closed out the game, but let's get into it. My name is Jeff Ellis. I'm the host of Lockdown Guardians. Before I was the host of Lockdown Guardians for all 700 plus episodes, I wrote for Scout and 24-7 under their Scouting Baseball website, uh, where I wrote about the draft and MLB prospects. Before that, I wrote for Indians Baseball and Indians uh, prospect Insider, the original one, wrote for Cleveland Fan Waiting for next year. There is a Cleveland sports blog that you have read. I probably wrote for it for some period of time. Uh, I also want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. So let's start off with some minor moves. Uh, we were talking about, you know, yesterday, <laughs> the super long podcast. People seem to enjoy the focus on the minors. But we talked about the fact that, like, uh, Ray Delgado has been playing super well. And this is a guy who I think has the high... My co-host wants to hop in. He's here. You want to say hello? Uh, that Ray Delgado had the highest bonus. Was it like the sixth round ever? Like the highest... Like they thought highly enough of this guy to give him the highest bonus they've ever given in that round. And again, I really liked him. Uh, so it's great to see him playing well. And they moved him up with... Milan Tolentino getting the... Don't eat the microphone, cat. Uh, you know, things you say to cats and babies. Uh, with Milan Tolentino getting bumped up to Lake County. We talked about that on yesterday's show. Uh, they needed to move up Raynal. Ray. Okay, the Guardians inside just called him Ray. So we're going to go with that. So he gets the move up to, to Double A. And let's see, Seth Codhell, the catcher, went from Akron to Columbus. I'm trying to remember, he was the college catcher for someone who just got promoted. Uh, he was, that's right. So, kind of stinks. He was an undrafted free agent signing. But he was, uh, why it kind of stinks these game moved up now is he was Gavin Williams' college catcher. So he's getting the bump up to Columbus. And then Jake Miller is being put on the injured list. Uh, Jake Miller was their last pick, 20th rounder from a year ago, but they gave him more money than that. So, yes, while he was the last pick of the 2020 draft, I, he got one of the biggest bonuses and definitely their biggest day three bonus, I should say, for the 2021 draft. But so that that's the, the minor moves that occurred. Again, it's just kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, there's so much going on. I talked about, and I didn't talk about, but... For instance, Kyle Bodie, Driveline Baseball, does a whole thing about, like, kind of looks at advanced pitching or advanced stats through pitching. And, you know, the Guardians are lapping the field. Like, the gap between them and, was it the Cubs in two? was huge. Like, it was kind of ridiculous how big the gap is. Like, they just keep 
performing and you know developing these pitching at such a crazy level that uh, it, it's a little bit unbelievable just uh, how well they're playing that are playing just how well they're developing but yeah I am definitely sorry just getting distracted by all these things popping up on my screen as I try to go to the right uh, the places I'm trying to go to yeah, it's the pitching development is is a lot of fun. I know this is all hitters getting moved up, but uh, yeah. Now let's get into the game today. So I, it, it was kind of annoying from my perspective on this game. Uh, not even getting into my personal annoyances in the game, but just okay. I grew up as a kid without cable. Uh, I had you know like the basic twelve to fourteen or two to fourteen or whatever it was. Uh, the basic cable. That's what we had in my house. But it meant that, like, like I think it was, like, WOIO would occasionally get Cavs games. WUAB would get Cavs games and, uh, you know, Cleveland baseball games. So I grew up with UAB being my primary way to watch the Guardians. Uh, that meant that Jim Hegan and Jack Corgan were the announcers of my youth. Now, Jack Corgan is the radio guy in Colorado. I have talked about this many times on the show, that, you know, he is kind of, like, just a personal favorite. So on my phone... I could do a badly synced uh, video, uh, radio, and video, but they wouldn't do that on. It's it's interesting because like I remember when I moved from New York to Ohio, uh, I could do on the only the PlayStation was where I could do like radio over the video. Now I can't do it on the PlayStation. I can only do it on my phone. So I ended up having the visual over here, and then I had over on my computer here. Jack Corgan doing the announcing because, you know, it they hadn't, was it they said they hadn't played since 2017? So it's been five years since I, and I, you know, I, I don't think I had the MLB package then because, oh my God, Kat, I'm going to throw, this is going to be the last one with my co-host. He is, he's being a massive uh, problem. But uh, I lived in Ohio then, so I wouldn't have had the, the ability to, to, do this so i just decided this is the guy i grew up with it's going to be something so for these games with colorado i'm not going to stream them because it's very i i'm not going to do any of the free flow games i know those are popular and today would have been an excellent game for me to sit back and throw on and do the kind of the live stream as it's occurring but i it's just my own personal thing i want to enjoy uh you know jack corgan so these games i'm going to just kind of watch on my own and discuss later I'm going to do the incredibly awkward setup because uh, it's the most effective thing I could do in terms of I don't want to watch it on my phone. and <laughs> I, you know, have to make it work. But, you know, it, I was talking to my wife about this earlier, and she's got a great point. Like, why are sports making it hard to get a new generation of fan? Like, why are sports making it so exclusive uh yeah, there was Sports Channel growing up, and I didn't have it, but I could still see Guardians games. I could still see uh, Cavs games. I still had an alternative on the local cable. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why football is the most popular sport in America, but one of it is, like, you can always watch your team. You don't have to, like, when it comes to things like Ohio State, like, most of those games are going to be local. When it comes to the Browns, most of those games won't be um, blacked out. Football, part of the reason I think it's so successful in getting, uh, you know, viewership is the fact that it's readily available. Whereas baseball and basketball are putting themselves behind, 
you know, uh, I don't know if I want to say uh, paywalls, but they, uh, to a degree, it's like putting it behind a paywall. Even when you put something on like ESPN, because people are cutting cords left and right. Like you are limiting your availability, which is making a few more bucks. And especially with baseball right now, uh, let's make it so you can't watch the game unless you have Peacock and Apple TV and like 17 different streaming services. That's a joke to me. Uh, it's just them trying to get every last dime and not even thinking about the health of their game, which has been the story of the people in charge of baseball uh, for ever in my entire lifetime. It's only gotten worse under Rob Manfred, but it's just such a short-sighted thing of making their sport a, something where you know there's less availability. And again, it's a shame because like if I was a kid now instead of a kid in the 80s, I don't know if I'd grow up to be a baseball fan. Uh, not having that availability to watch the games. And you might be like, yeah, the radio. And I mean, honestly, I was also the kid who spent a lot of time playing his video games and listening to KNR uh, on the radio. So I was always a bit of a radio listener. But I, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I, they're doing themselves a disservice. But I'm going to take a time, some time in these few games and uh, I'm going to listen to the guy I grew up listening to. You know, Jim Hegan's no longer with us. But I, I, you know, that was, you know, touch them all time. That, that's, that's what I grew up with. Um, and, you know, when I tweeted that out, there are a lot of people who jumped in with that memory. Uh, someone else, uh, Arthur Kinney, who uh, always knows his roster stuff, you know, he tweeted out about, like, did I remember watching Arrows games on one of the, like, the Akron channel? I don't. But because I'm older, maybe someone can help me out with this. I do remember watching Canton Akron games on like the Canton channel. Now there was what WAKC was like the Akron channel. It was like the other ABC, like there was the two ABC channels on my local cable. But when I got to like middle school or junior high, all of a sudden there was like a Canton station. Does anyone out there hit me up on my Twitter at FMLB draft or in the comments on YouTube? Does anyone else remember that? Like I remember watching, you know, it was just like reruns in the afternoon. Um, but ESPN Plus, I want to say, was also on there. So, like, that's how I watched, like, the Michael Red Scooney Penn team. It was, like, my favorite college basketball team ever. Like, I watched all of those games because, again, we didn't have options. You enjoyed every sporting event you got. And I also remember, like, Ken Akron games would pop up on there. And, you know, distinct, distinct memory of someone being, like, you know, and they're down to their only hope. Uh, you know, and, and, like, they were making a Star Wars joke and then telling people, like, hey, kids, go ask your parents about that. Because... Star Wars wasn't pervasive. It was kind of that lull period. And I'm like, I know this. This is good. Like, it, it made me more interested because, you know, it, you didn't get to... Star Wars references were not in the parlance of that time. But does anyone else remember, or can they tell me what the call letters were? I was trying to figure out exactly what that Canton one was. And I, I swear they had, like, their own news channel, too, that was out of Canton. It was not the Akron news channel. I swear it was something entirely different. Is this a Mandela effect? Is it all in my head? Uh... But that's, you know, kind of it in terms of recollection and why I was excited for this series beyond just uh, the product. We'll get into the game here in a moment. But yeah, I just, you know, like I said, Hegan and Corgan were, that's who I, I got to hear on the weekends, you know, behind baseball, more of my personal life. It's like my, my parents are divorced. So on the weekends, I would go. Uh, and a lot of times weekend baseball was on UAB, but if I went over to my dad's, he had sports channel so I could watch games there. But like, I don't, you know, I, I remember listening to like 
what Herb Score was the radio guy, right? Before Hamilton, and, and like that's in there. And but I don't really remember like the Sports Channel stuff at all. Like, it's just not in my head. I remember watching Fox Sunday or Saturday afternoon baseball. Like didn't matter who played because again, we had like thirteen channels, so I just was happy to do sports. But Corgan and Hegan, that's those were the voices for me, uh, you know, of baseball. So yeah. I, I'm going to enjoy these next two games. Hopefully the Guardians will make them not quite as painful to watch. We'll take a break. We're going to come back and talk about this game that elicited many a tweet about sliding, that saw Jose Ramirez coming through, that saw Shane Bieber left out too long, some pen issues, a lot of luck to finally get this one in the books. But the Guardians do get this one in the books, and they're now 30-27 and 27 and continuing to kind of fight for that wildcard positioning. But we're going to take a quick break, come back, and then discuss this game. And our first sponsor today is Blue Nile. We've talked about Blue Nile so many times on the show. They do fine jewelry. They do wedding jewelry. If you need those things, you're going to get, you know, something that is one of a kind, something that is going to be breathtaking, something that will start conversations. You're not going to be giving a gift that someone looks at and it's like, oh, jewelry, and then they never want to wear. It is an interesting, beautiful-looking piece uh, they have simple online tools to let you choose your shape, size, and clarity, uh, as well as setting. And they have bench jewelers who handcraft perfect engagement rings. Each one, as I stated, is one of a kind. And if you're just if you're looking for fine jewelry, not necessarily engagement jewelry, but fine jewelry, they have 24/7 experts available by phone or chat to help you find the right gift. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueDial.com and Locked On Sports. Listeners get fifty dollars off purchase of five hundred more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. I also want to give a shout out to Locked On's MLB Mock Draft podcast. Listen, I love mocks, I love drafts. Go check out what they're doing. Uh, this network does fantastic work. They know how much people love this stuff, and they put in the time, the effort. It is worth your time to go check that out. Find out who the Cavs are going to take, and hopefully their last lotto pick in a long time, for a long time. Okay, so with this game today, went to extra innings because Charlie Blackman, who has you know, not been playing well, hit a moonshot in the, when was it, in the seventh inning when Bieber was still out there. He had thrown over 100 pitches at that point. And you're just kind of like, why is he still in? Uh, he was not as sharp as he had been his previous few starts. The velocity is still not there. But you look at that seventh, line out, single, ground out, home run ties it. He was over 100 pitches at that point in time. I, I don't really know why you're leaving him in for another time through the lineup, and they paid a price. Eli Morgan comes in, gives up a single, but then he gets the strikeout to get out of it. Um and then let's just jump to the ninth. Because, I mean, you had shenanigans in the ninth as well. I think the, you know, the eighth, you had the cot stealing. That's what it was. But the ninth, you come in, ground out, walk, strike out, ground out. I thought for some reason there was a little bit more. Was there, I can't, I felt like Severin got a little bit more of a threat. I mean, he had multiple hits in this one as much as I discount him. But you go into the tenth. Uh, you got Blackman starting on second base. Then you have the fielding error by Andres Jimenez. I know I talked about his defense. Uh, for Jonathan uh, 
Daza, who, you know, had another player who had a great day. And then you had the fielder's choice to get one out. And then with things not looking great, um, which was like Charlie Blackman overran the position. Like, here's the thing for this. Like, Blackman overruns it. Then while he's, like, caught in the rundown, the other runners can't advance. And, you know, he... It was kind of a mess for the Rockies. But thankfully, no one advanced because then they got the double play, got out of this one with the win. Uh, the Guardians on the other side of things, Jose Ramirez roped a double to to get that run across. And then if you in the 10th, if you go back to the 6th... Ah, clicked the wrong button. So that was another interesting set of, you know, how they got the second run in this one. Uh, you have the Jose Ramirez walk... Strikeout by Oscar Gonzalez. Single by Josh Naylor. Then Owen Miller gets a single. Unfortunately, Jimenez strikes out, ground out, and ends it. And then... What I'm trying to remember here was in the ninth... It, the ninth was what? the guard, Yeah, the ninth is when the Guardians annoyed me. <laughs> so it wasn't that there was craziness for Colorado. It was the Guardians. So Andres Jimenez has a single. Deflects off of Jose Iglesias. Stephen Kwan slides. Like, how many times do I have to say this? Like, they really need to have someone sit down and explain baseball to them and base running. Stephen Kwan, like, and it's to the point that, like, it's it's a joke. Like, it's a full-on joke. Uh, here is Zach at Fino MVP. Kwan was almost out there because of that slide. My goodness. Um, and then you go in uh, even further down and... You know, someone else commented about that slide, and I, I, well, I, I can't say the words he says. I, something hates sliding into first. It is not like there is no reason to ever slide into first base. No reason to ever slide into first base. No reason to ever slide into first base. Can they just stop doing it? Why does this keep occurring? Why does this keep occurring? Like, there are smart people in the front office who have to know that this is a bad call. It's higher injury risk, and it's less effective. You're hurting your chances of being safe. So please stop doing it. My goodness. It's just, it's unbelievable how many times this has happened in the the early goings of the season. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, they ended up getting nothing in the ninth anyways, but very easily there, Quan could have been out. (laughs) And then let's, let's go ahead and bunt. With hedges so he can pop out. And that's why you don't bunt. Because a bunt isn't even 100% that you're going to advance the runners. You're giving up an out, which is like the worst thing to do in baseball. Like If you want to be productive offensively, giving away an out is the worst thing you can do. That's why you never bunt. That's why bunting is just out of date. It's old-fashioned thinking. It's not, doesn't bring, it. it's just not, it's not good. If you want to be successful, you don't bunt. But, of course, we have a manager who always wants to bunt more than anyone else. So he bunts with Austin Hedges. Hedges pops out. So it's like, oh, great. This is perfect. We have runners on first and second. Nobody out. So we get our first out with a bunt that fails. Then Miles Straw uh, is called out on strikes. And then Ahmed has a very weak play. You're sitting there facing their closer. You got your two runners on to start the ninth, and you somehow don't even manage to advance them at all. Uh, It was just a very weak, weak thing to watch there. It was extremely frustrating. Uh, Overall performance in this one, who reached base twice? Well, 
for Cleveland. Rosario had two hits. Jose had two hits. You had three hits for Naylor, and you had two hits by Stephen Kwan. Uh, Jose also had a walk. The Guardians only had two walks in this one. Naylor actually had two doubles. Uh, Rosario had a double. Jose had a double. Doing the whole box score thing, Cleveland had 12 hits, one error, two walks. Uh, was it the first run across that was, you know, uh, well, I'll talk about that in a second, but let's see, there's no, yeah. So they had two and one, 15, and they got four runs. That's a low amount, especially when you have that many extra base hits. They had a Four extra base hits, and only getting four runs is pretty low. They, they were not effective. Colorado had a 9-1, and one, and then they also had three walks. They had 13 opportunities and only got three runs. They were even less effective. Of course, they only they had three extra base hits, a double, a triple, and a home run uh, in this one. I couldn't believe early on when, uh, like, so I just remember... We got the runner to third after Ahmed got the hit. To, to And I was like, oh, man, Ahmed, don't run to second base. Like, don't do not do that. Because what are the odds they're not going to intentionally walk Jose? Which, again, I don't believe in intentionally walking anyone. But I was just like, yeah, they're going to do it. And they didn't. And Jose made them pay. Uh, it was Quan singled. Rosario had a double. But I was like, just stay at first. Have him at first and third. But he advanced. Jose gets the uh, the single across and scores both of them. Oscar Gonzalez then got a single before Naylor popped out, and that was kind of the annoyance. Like Naylor and Gonzalez just seemed to not put it together at the right moments in this one for Cleveland. But outside of let's see, so Straw I think is the only one. Straw and Hedges are the only people who didn't reach base in this one. Straw is scuffling like he is even like. Where I was like, okay, so I think he'll be a 90 runs. He's not at a 90 right now. He is well, like, I, it, it's, if this team reaches peak with some of its prospects, Straw is going to be the nine hitter anyways. That That's kind of his future with this team. I, I think moving him down could be valuable. Could also take some of the pressure off of him. And then... You know, Quan's playing well again. Or, you know, maybe we don't have Andres Jimenez, our number two hitter, hitting seventh. Why is the second best hitter? I know you can sit back and say, but Jeff, uh, Rosario's playing better. Andres didn't have the best game. He's still the best, second best hitter on this team right now. He should not be hitting seventh. It, it Jose had two hits and a walk. And if he had better plate setters, he would have done even more. Again, when you look at just pure, just something as simple as OPS, their second and third worst bats in terms of production are hitting one and two. Just in terms of OPS, which is not an end-all, be-all stat, it's kind of an outdated stat anymore. But just looking at OPS because it's what's in the in the box, their second and third worst regular hitters are hitting one and two. How does that make sense on any level? We're going to take another break here, come back, and talk about our three stars in this one and talk about tomorrow's matchup. Our first sponsor is Athletic Greens. Listen, I've talked about Athletic Greens. Uh, when they signed it to us, it was a product I used daily. And the reason I used it daily is I, I enjoyed the taste, and it was full of nutrients. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 40. I'm very honest about that. I feel my 40 some days more than others. 
But uh, part of getting old is the aches and pains and sometimes general unwellness, which is sometimes due to lack of nutrients. If you want more nutrients in your diet, if you want to get a product that gives back to the community, provides uh, you know, meals for children, is also has over 7,000 five-star reviews, recommended by professional athletes, and it's less than $3 a day for this habit. You want to go to athleticgreens.com. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free year one supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packets with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash MLB network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So I got the new college betting lines uh, from Bet Online, and you know I've got the read for them. I was kind of curious to see. You know, this gets sent to everyone. So Texas is now taken over is a pretty strong favorite, followed by Arkansas, then Stanford, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, Auburn, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M. I kind of like Ole Miss. Well, these can't. I mean, I don't always know things, but at thir- thirteen to two, I kind of like Ole Miss. Like a program that seems to always do well, that has some good depth, that has a lot of hitting and pitching, and I don't know. Like I, I look at Stanford, and I'm like, you know, Notre Dame, I'm not feeling those as much. Arkansas has a lot of offensive talent. Uh, Texas, you know, has the probably the college, you know, the college baseball national player of the year, and Ivan Melendez. Uh, there's some interesting players. It's it, Auburn's got uh, Sonny Dacharia the the most unlikely bodied uh college dominator you will see there's a lot of fun players out there to talk about in right now and go check out our friends at bet online the number one source for all of your betting stats sports info find the latest developments including news and odds to continued source for all sports wagering information including live betting esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends in action bet online where the game starts so let's get into the the stars in this one. So Jose Ramirez, obviously. Threw, uh, two hits and a walk. Has essentially the game-winning double. Uh, just does it all. And it is always kind of funny to listen to the opposing team's broadcast in some regards. Sometimes I like to do it just to see what kind of the view is. And it's just the whole idea that, like, you know, they're just in awe of, in awe of Jose. The fact that, like, when he got caught stealing, that was, like, just third time all year after he has you know he also had a stolen base in this one uh but jose is there and bieber was so close uh six innings but it wasn't again it wasn't the most dominating one he had seven strikeouts nine hits one walks one walks one walk and three earned runs given up 105 total pitches it was i i honestly felt like uh sen sens edel i think is how you say his name like he was the more dominant pitcher as I watched this game. It just felt like he was uh, more able to keep the hitters off balance overall. It's not a great Colorado lineup. There's a lot of players that are struggling in that lineup. There is two players, again, not the best stat, but it's the stat that's right there and easy to see. Two players with the OPS is over 800. That's it. Cleveland has, what, one, two, three, four such guys. They have two. C.J. Cron, who had a triple today, which everyone expects from the big-bodied first baseman. And then uh, Brian Severin, the catcher, who's been playing really well since he got called up. Now, Jonathan Diaz is uh, has no power to speak of. That's why his OPS isn't high, but he's still you know productive offensively. 
And Blackman had the big hit, but he's having a bit of a down year. He's kind of in that 30s malaise. But yeah, it's not the strongest team. And I kind of expected more from Bieber. I, it's kind of the internal debate. Uh, three quits by three quits. Oof. Three hits by Josh Naylor. Uh, two of them being doubles gives him one of the stars. And I mean, I, Eli Morgan was one and one third inning, one walk, two strikeouts. Brian Shaw picks up the win. They made a big deal about former Rocky Brian Shaw uh, on there. They brought his name up and said that many times. It just made me laugh because, like, he was a, a disaster from the go for them. But it was his big money free agent contract, but it did not. I mean, they ended up cutting him and Jake McGee. That was like Colorado went out and got them both. Didn't go well. And then Class A, you know, for the jam he was in, in the in the 10th there, he had a one inning of, it was a one clean inning. He didn't actually give up a hit. It was, it was an error on Jimenez. Uh, it was the ghost runner that was out. Well, do we consider it a ghost runner? However you want to label it. It's like those were the base runners before uh, everything went awry. He actually, I know people are probably going, man, that was a, a roller coaster save there's been so many roller coaster saves this year but it, this wasn't on class a uh i'm tempted to go with morgan just because he got out of the jam but i think at the end of the day you know i've talked about kind of something similar i think if we still go with bieber they, six and two thirds three earned runs it wasn't his most dominating performance it was not as good as he has been but at the end of the day you'll take six and two thirds with three runs given up so those are our three stars in this one Tomorrow's matchup is a pair of lefties. It's Pilkington versus Gomber. Gomber, like, okay, that trade for uh, Nolan Arenado. Like, Gomber might have been the best player in that trade. That's how bad they wanted to just trade him off. Gomber has been worth 0.6 war this year. He's at 1.3 for last year uh his fip is he's he's a fifth starter he's a solid lefty fifth starter that's what they got for nolan arenado so for as much as people like to bag on some of the moves like you know pilkington was the return for cesar hernandez and he's not dissimilar uh when you're talking about these players and performances now yes there was more pieces going over to colorado but uh, I don't know how well Pilkington's going to pitch there. Uh, this is does not feel like a great matchup for me. This is probably the game I think they have the greatest likelihood to lose. Uh, just looking at the way things match up, the environment, throwing the pitchers out there, I think it probably runs in Colorado's favor for tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to pause it so I can pull up the wild card numbers. Cleveland is still half a game behind Boston, but, you know, uh, behind Cleveland, the next team for the wild card, Chicago White Sox, because Texas and Los Angeles keep struggling. Seattle is playing a little bit better of late. They're moving up that chart, but, yeah, it's uh, Cleveland's a half a game behind Boston, and they're, I think, three behind the Twins. They're just hanging around, continuing to hang around in this thing. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. The Yankees are kind of running away with it. Uh, 45 and 16, if you're not paying attention. It is, it's kind of their world right now. And one of those reasons is like Nelson Cortez, right? You know, he is their top pitcher. Uh, he is a, he's going to make the all-star game. I think that is safe to say. He's going to be a Cy Young candidate. 
And isn't it funny that Matt Blake went there and Nelson Cortez kind of became, uh, or I'm sorry, Nestor Cortez became Nestor Cortez this year as a 27-year-old. You're seeing the Matt Blake effect. You're seeing why people come and raid the Guardians. Uh, Nestor Cortez was with Baltimore in 2018, New York in 2019, Seattle in 2020, New York last year worth 1.7 war, and then 1.7 war already this year. He had a good FIP. I mean, he had good indicators a year ago working uh, both as a starter and a reliever. So it's not like it's just out of nowhere. He was solid a year ago. But again, Matt Blake effect. There's a lot of good things that the teams are going to keep coming back in raiding the pitching staff in Cleveland because, I mean, even the jump Clay Holmes has made, who's now their closer, when he was kind of a minor deal with Pittsburgh, right? Like, this bullpen has had so many injuries. Britton, Chapman, Green, uh, Loisinga, even Stephen Riddings uh, are all out. So now your Clay Holmes is their closer. It's it's fascinating to look at. Uh, again, you just talk about their own pitching development and how did they get there raiding the Guardians. Uh, no one is happy about the Yankees playing well. Unless you're a Yankees fan, who's going to be happy about that? They're always the evil empire. Uh, But enough about them. Just discussing Cleveland. They've got this Rocky series. I'm going to do a crossover for Friday with uh, Paul Holden, former Ohio U student, so some Ohio ties there. Uh, We're going to discuss kind of a post-mortem on this series. And then we'll get into, um, you know, the rest of this week I will be focused on the Rockies we'll talk a little bit about the Dodgers and my one other note I wanted to make I know I'm going long because I've gone long on every episode of late but the YouTube tells me they want me to go long uh I want to thank everyone who is downloading on YouTube I want to remind you to rate and review download daily we're getting you know a trickle of subscribers but it'd be really great to see some of those numbers jumping again overall over there uh so something that stood out recently and I clicked on the wrong team, is, I don't know if everyone saw, Toronto just lost uh, Hui Yin, uh, Yoon Kim to, I believe, Tommy John surgery. So he's going to be gone for a while. Yes, they went out and signed Gaussman. They have Jose Barrios. Uh, Alec Manea has been great. Ross Stripling and uh, Yusuke Kikiju are there, like, next two guys up. And Stripling's been awesome this year. It's honestly like his best fifth of his career. I don't know how long he'll keep that up, but he has been uh, seven starts, 18 relief. He's better as a swing arm for them. You uh, see, uh, why do I keep wanting Kikichi? Not as strong. He's been close to replacement. I say this because one wonders, looking at this Toronto team, looking at their top-end prospects, who are not close in terms of pitching, I can't help but wonder. Julian Merriweather just can't stay healthy. feel bad for him as well. Um, When would this be the matchup for a trade? If the Guardians decide to call up one of the young arms, uh, you know, everyone's always wants to trade Savali and Polisak in my mentions. This might be the team for the police act trade now i don't know can you get one of their lesser catchers do you want to get a lesser catcher i mean bo naylor is destroying the ball right now uh it seems silly to go out and target like 
Alejandro Kirk and have to trade a bit more to get him with what Bo Naylor is doing. So if not that, like Jordan Groshan's star has fallen a little, but that doesn't help. I mean, Ricky Tideman is the guy whose star is rising, so you're not going to target him, though he'd be ideal. But could a trade be made? Just an idea to think about, something I wanted to throw out, that uh, when everyone's always asking me about pitcher trades, Blue Jays are interesting right now. They don't have a ton of depth. They don't have, they have some great high-end players, but they're all in right now. So could there be a trade to be made? Again, this is a minor leagues that's a little capped, a little topped off with their promotions and trades and everything else. There's Moreno, there's Martinez, there's Tideman, there's Groshans. Um, who am I forgetting? Uh, C.J. Van Eyck was a high pick a few years ago. A lot of people really liked from Florida State. But yeah, it's and, and they'll add more in the draft, and I always love what they do in the draft, so they'll be fine. But I think they're in kind of a unique situation where if they end up deciding that they need another arm, Cleveland, they know the Cleveland arms. There's still the connections there. There's still the backstory. There's still the back line with that. So just something to keep in the back of your mind. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked on Guardians podcast for this week. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It helps. Subscribe on the YouTube. Uh, I appreciate everyone who does, and I respond to all comments on there as long as you are not a bot. Uh, remember to follow me at Jeff MLB Draft and just randomly pepper me with mailbag questions. When I get enough, I'll do a mailbag. I don't often respond to things as it's happening on there. But, uh, yeah, well, uh, it, like I said, my, the responses to the YouTube, the responses to my Twitter, that helps decide how this show goes as well as just the general hits and things like that. But, uh, again, thank you all for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. As I end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.